0: everyone, it's Matt Bloomfield at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show.
1: A very good evening, or if you're listening on the podcast, uh, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Hello. Uh, it is Luke Hewley for the next 50 minutes. Hope you are having a good week. Uh, no Colin this week. Uh, he will be back this time next week though, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I said that last week. I'm sure he will be this week. How many times can I say week in a sentence? Quite a lot, it turns out. Uh, coming up on uh, this evening, this afternoon, or this morning's show, uh, we will hear from the man you just heard from, Matt Bloomfield, uh, who signed an extension to his contract this week to stay at the club uh, for longer, which is a very, very good thing. Uh, we'll also hear from Wigan Wanderers' ex-player and former defender, Jeff Cooper, on his time at the club. Uh, we'll hear from Wigan Wanderers' women's player, Sarah Davin. Uh, we'll also hear from Jasper Patterson from Tuesday night's game as well. Uh, first, though, let's talk to Phil. Uh, evening, Phil. Always great. To chat to you, Uh, let's start with uh, Saturday's game at Oxford, which is always a good game. Always fun
2: at Oxford United, um, and it didn't disappoint this time round either. Um, It's a shame that the referee has got so much of the attention, um, but from an Oxford point of view, they were clearly aggrieved. I think by by some of the decisions, Um, removing the penalty out of it. I think the one where the ball was slipped through to Harris, uh, and the referee gave a free kick instead of the advantage. If that had been the other way around, I, I would have been livid as a Wiccan fan, so I can understand the frustration. Um, but listen, I think, you know, attacking referees or complaining about referees um, is a futile exercise. It happens. Um, I'd rather um, inconsistencies like that than having VAR and seeing the impact that that's having uh, at the top level of the game, certainly in this country. Um, and, you know, another sobering thought, referees make maybe 2,000, 2,500 decisions per game. Um the actual amount of mistakes they make is a very, very small percentage. If they made the same amount of mistakes as, as say, an outfield player would do during a game, then we'd be in real problems. So I think it's probably time to give them a break. Um, But equally, um, you know, it was a shame that the referee got so much of the airtime from what was a pretty absorbing game. And... Yes, he gave penalties, but you've still got to score them. I thought Luke Lee, he put them away fantastically. It's not easy to take two in a game. Um, Harry Kane showed that in the World Cup. So, um, yeah, from a, a Wickham point of view, it was just disappointing at the end, obviously, to concede in, in injury time away from home. Um, otherwise, I think it would have been a famous little dance back there in the M40.
1: And performance-wise, where Oxford are at the minute, the, the you know, and where Wickham are, you would think, all oh, Oxford have got the upper hand here. But performance-wise, fairly level.
2: Yeah, that goes across the last few games. We've played some really good teams uh, and possibly not got the results that we deserved, or the, certainly the amount of points that we deserved. But you know, that's all about the learning curve of football. Um, you know, To talk about the former manager, Gareth Ainsworth, uh, as time went on in his managerial career and when he certainly worked with players uh, probably at a later stage in their career, It was about that sort of winning habit, that winning mentality. We've got some young players here who are fantastically technical and very exciting, but they're also learning this side of the game. And they're learning it very, very fast. So I think we can see this really come to fruition very soon for Wicker Wanderers. It was just a shame that we couldn't get um, what I would have called a statement win against the team in the top six, which which was at Oxford. Um, it was just a shame we couldn't hang on for that.
1: Uh, let's move then to Tuesday night. I was there with you and Jack in the Bill Turnbull gantry. Uh, the Scottish treats were nice, but the game was good as well. Yeah, for a nil-nil,
2: I think there was lots going on. Um, I think Cambridge United have, have to get full credit for their defensive display. Um, I thought um, Ryan Bennett and, uh, and Morrison at the heart of the defence were superb. Um, I think Danny Andrew at left back. Uh, I mean, that's three of the back four. there. That's three exceptionally experienced defenders at this level, and it really showed. Um, I thought their defensive shape was really, really strong. But having said that, it's it's in Wickham's job to break that down, certainly at home, um, and they were unable to do so. Um, we had a couple of chances, but then equally, Cambridge's game plan of of defending and being solid and maybe nicking a the goal. They were very unlucky, they hit the bar and the post with a
1: header. Just uh, mentioning VAR, that would have been very interesting if we had well, VAR in I, this Well, I think league. it
2: definitely bounced out, but it was incredibly close. Uh, and then the save that Max had to make near the end. Um, so nearly the perfect smash and grab performance by Cambridge. And obviously we've seen Wickham do that down the years. It's happened to us a few times too. Um, but then Wickham had their chances as well. Um, but um, yeah, a clean sheet is a real positive to take from it because we've shipped quite a few goals recently. Um, you know, but we've also scored quite a few as well. Um, so I think bearing in mind the personnel issues on the night the change of shape enforced by that uh, through suspension and injury um i think a clean sheet is something that we can really take into the fa cup game um but and then also hopefully with players returning back
1: to fitness uh, joe low back from suspension um that things are looking good uh, let's talk about tuesday night's ball that slowed time down uh, which was nearly an own goal for cambridge uh, for people that weren't watching it give give your perspective from the gantry Well, we had,
2: as most things up at the gantry, you get a fantastic view of absolutely everything, but um, a ball over the top and then you're thinking, right, this is a foot race between the Wiccan player and the defender and, um, yeah, Liam Bennett, I think under pressure, got his foot on it and volleyed it so high up in the air. Fortunately, I think from his point of view, it was the height that rescued him because he managed to lob his keeper and then the ball bounced in the six-yard area but then bounced over the bar. I think if you asked him to do that again, to try and do it again, he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, the keeper was desperate to get something on the ball. I think if he had done, it probably would have gone in. Um, but yeah, a real
1: let-off for Cambridge yeah, and what would have been a famous own goal. <laughs> uh, Matt Bloomfield uh, also extending his uh, time at the club with his new extended contract as well. What was he like after Tuesday and obviously great news for, for him as well?
2: Yeah, he was... Um, I think, again, there's that element of frustration to, to draw nil nil at home. Um, but I think also he looks for the positives as well. And I think the clean sheet was one of those two, but um, yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? To see, um, I mean, obviously i get to speak to Matt after every game, after every sort of result, after every occurrence that's happened. And it's really great to watch him grow as a manager and coach. And, and we certainly are under Matt Bloomfield as a club as well, growing. Um, so the extension of his contract, I think, is a, a really canny bit of business by Rob Coohig because, um, you know, this week they have said on Halloween, a lot of managers have lost their job around the year fell. Um, it is a famously fickle business. Um, of course, it's uh, results based, but I think um, in terms of what Matt's doing and the work that he's done and the progress the club have made, um, you know, Rob can certainly see it from all levels of the club at the training ground, and and we're really starting to see it now on the pitch, and uh, and hopefully the results will really start to come as well in line with those uh, improvements in performances. Um, I think it's a really clever bit of business, and. Gives that bit of security for Matt and his staff, um, and also you know the players will see that as well and think, yeah, this is
1: the place to be. Uh, looking ahead to Saturday then uh, for FA Cup magic, as you described it on pre match drills, everyone loves the FA Cup, um, but Wickham haven't got out of the first round since 2017.
2: Yeah, Wickham haven't loved the FA Cup no. for quite some time. Um, we obviously we got into the third round when we were in the Championship. We didn't have to have the. Uh, the uh, well the earlier rounds and, and we won against Preston and got into the fourth round um, but you know, to win a first round game and hopefully to get what I would really love is, is just to win on Saturday and get a non-league game at home or away um, you know the magic works both, both ways we want the magic of a big big club coming to Adams Park or an away game or in a cup upset but equally I, I also love that heritage of playing the, the non-league teams who who will relish a pop at League One Wickham Wanderers. Um, and yeah, that that's what I'd love. It, it's frustrating when you draw another League One or League Two team that you've played many, many times. Um, it's a tough away day. I think the conditions for travel are going always going to be tricky at this time of year. Um, so if you are going, then full credit to you. If not, Wickham Sound 106.6 FM. If you're in Wickham, is a place to hear it and on Wanderers TV. But yeah it's it is magic competition um and i really really think we're overdue a run
1: yeah and you know both of us are very lucky to be around the players they're up for it
2: yeah yeah they are um players really want really want to do well in this competition they know the attention it brings um and i think as a town it'd be really good to get behind a cup run we all remember the famous cup runs we've had and and it really makes a difference um and it needn't distract from the league it can really augment a season and really add to everything I think we've got the best squad we've had in terms of size and years. I know we've got injury problems at the moment but we've got a squad that can carry it I'd love us to see to do us well in this competition I really really would uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure the Gaffer does as well uh, Well, say save Jamie to Bradford Well yeah I've not been up there for a, a, a few years actually but um, it's a good one for me it's the first ever away game I covered as a journalist oh. so uh, I have fond memories of Valley Parade Um, So it'd be nice to go back there. I've been back a few times since, but um, always like to go there. Um, And it's a weird stadium, but um, it's kind of like half a Premier League stadium, half a sort of lower league stadium. And the press box is in the Premier League side of it. So it's a really nice view. Although it'd probably be freezing cold.
1: Yeah, take a coat. (laughs) Always. If you're going to Bradford, please take a coat drive safely and uh, yeah, make sure you've got some good shoes on. Uh, thank you to Phil as always. Uh, let's jump back to Tuesday night's uh, draw with Cambridge. Uh, Phil spoke to Jasper after the game reflecting uh, on his 10th start in the league. Uh,
2: Jasper in the back four tonight and a clean sheet. That's uh, a positive.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely. Obviously, you always want to keep clean sheets and that's, that's a positive we can take from tonight's game. Um, played a different shape tonight. Obviously, um, limited with the amount of centre-halves you've got on the side. Um, with lowy e suspension, the most recent thing. And we played a, a slightly different shape with the four, which we haven't done so far this season. Um, so obviously it was, a, it was a quick turnaround, but I thought um, the boys adapted well. And obviously it's always nice to come away with a clean sheet.
2: Uh, the frustration's coming at the other end because it is a well-drilled Cambridge defence as well. A night the defences. Uh, but at home, I think Wiccan fans would have expected to get that goal possibly in the second half.
3: Yeah, of course. We always back ourselves, especially here, to go and, and, and score at least one goal. And, and when you're knocking on the door like that and you feel like you're defensively sound, you feel we felt like that goal was just coming. Um, obviously, it didn't in the end and we had a, a, a fair few half chances, some decent chances. But then again, they had one or two up the other end. Um, but yeah, it felt like the goal was coming, but unfortunately tonight, I just just didn't get
2: it. And from a personal point of view, it's been a really good run in the team, hasn't it? You've had to be very, very patient, but that patience has been rewarded. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, it's been, um, it has been a,
3: a, quite a long time, and I've been knocking on the door. But the gaffer has been great with me, and and he's been open and honest. And ever since he's come to the club, and especially at the start of this season, um, it's taken its time. But I've just carried on working hard. I've carried on doing my bit. And at the end of the day, all all I want to do is is try and help this team. I absolutely love it here. Um, and to be able to be rewarded and play and getting a, a nice run of games and feeling a good rhythm is, is great and I'm extremely grateful to, to have
2: that opportunity. What have you felt you've learned from this running the team? Because obviously, match days you can't replicate.
3: No, of course, so like as a footballer playing games ninety minutes week in week out is what ultimately you you get all your learnings from. Um, so yeah, I've learned sort of from game to game the different opposition, the the different shapes we'll come up against, the the style of play, um, and also sort of when I am playing with different players in our team, the the, the different players sort of I've had sort of Chris Key Kesey. Um, Joe Lowe's. So it's it's just the adaptations from game to game that you you get at this level, um, and the quality that that there are in in a lot of teams in this league. And um, I've enjoyed the challenge. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's been great, and I'm just hoping I can continue um, and delivering for the team.
2: And 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 yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. You've had experience of men's football at Worthing. How vital has that been to stepping up into the competitive League One action?
3: Yeah, anybody that sort of asked me about sort of making the step up and about what they should do at 16, 17. I've, I probably sound like a broken record, but I say it men, go and play men's football, men's games. It's so invaluable. Um, just getting men's games under your belt as early as possible, whether that's the Isthmian Premier League or the County Division 7, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Just being in around a male changing room, the environment of a club, of a, of a senior team, and, and, and playing against men, um, I'm extremely grateful to, to have racked up so many games under my belt uh, at Worthing. It's put me in good stead coming here to
2: to hit the ground running coming into the team. Yeah, back at working was a joy to see you getting up and down the line. There could be a little goal on the way soon. You're always there or thereabouts at the back post. Yeah, I probably should have had one or two by
3: now. Um, there's a couple of clips I've watched and I've had a couple of chances, which I probably should have done better with, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's what I want to do. It's Obviously, in my wing-back role. I'm I'm sort of in both boxes, so I want to help the team keep clean sheets. But then again, at the other end, I want to help put put a number on the board and I'm... Sort of working hard to do that, and I'm I'm looking forward to that to that first goal. Well,
2: you've been a popular figure around the club for some time. How is it now to build that relationship with the fans, but from on the pitch?
3: Yeah, it's great. I mean, obviously, um, I was very familiar with the fans. I did a lot of work off the pitch and and tried to be as close to them as possible. Um, but now to sort of show them and restore their faith in me out there on, on a Saturday and a Tuesday is great, and it's extremely rewarding for them to be able to see that. And I feel like that relationship is building and building, and that's the side of football I absolutely love. These people who pay their money to come and watch us play—it's it's what it's what makes football also magic and, and that's why we call it the beautiful game. So I'm extremely grateful the the way they've been with me and hopefully I can keep repaying them and entertaining them. Well let's use the word magic. FA
2: Cup this yes. weekend. What does that competition mean to you? It's everything. I
3: think coming from non-league as well, the FA Cup is 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 the the big one. Everyone wants that that first round draw against a big football league club and obviously now this season for for me and us it's a bit of a different situation we're being that football league club um, but no, we want to go and, and, and do as best we can in this, we know that a couple of wins and you can get a, a massive tie and, and it's great for the club and the fans and that's what we want to deliver but at the end of the day we want to win football games, we're not going for a, for a, for a jolly day out or trying to get a big team and just enjoy ourselves against a Premier League club we want to go as far as we can and, and with the squad we've got and the the way this team is and the way we're playing is, is we feel like we can do that. So, yeah, we're all looking forward to it. Just put, we'll see you in Bradford. See you in Bradford.
1: Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound, Tuesday evenings from 7. Hello,
2: Phil here from Wickham Wanderers, host of Ringing the Blues, which you can listen to right here on Wickham Sound every Tuesday from 7 till 8. We'll have all the action from the game at the weekend. Plus, a whole host of players and guests associated with the club, plus our weekly feature, Till Death Us Do Part, where Wickham fans remember their favourite memories. Only on Wickham Sound, 7 till 8.
4: The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7.
1: Welcome back to the second part of the Wicked Wonder Show for this week. Uh, time for our ex player chat of the week, uh, with thanks, as always, to JDT and the Ex Players Association. Uh, this week, Colin is talking to former defender Jeff Cooper, uh, talking about uh, his time at the club and reflecting on 30 years since the club won promotion to
5: the Football League. When you look at the photographs and you walk past the mirror now, you think that wasn't me, but. Um no, it's gone so quick. It's really gone quick. And you think 30 years ago, that's scary. So what was your kind of, uh, earliest
4: memory of, of your time at the club? Because obviously initially you, you came in on loan.
5: Yeah, I came in on loan because I think I was coming back from injury from Barnet, and they said to me to get some games in, do you want to go on loan? And um, yeah, well, I, I jumped at it, to be honest. I just wanted to get some good quali- uh, games of a good quality side and it, was, uh, it worked out really well. Because I guess this was quite
4: sort of late on in your career, really.
5: Yeah, well, I I, I was at, I signed for Brighton when I was like twenty six, twenty seven, and um, that was a late, and uh, I was there for almost two years, and I can honestly say probably hated every minute of it. But um, then I sort of found, you know, you found I really enjoyed. I went to Barnet and I really enjoyed it, and we won the the conference with Barnet, and um, got them into the league, and um, yeah, had a few good seasons there. Loved it. I think I played one hundred and sixty games for them in the end. I think.
4: So what were your first impressions of of when you were at Wickham?
5: When I was at Bognor Regis, we always played against Wickham uh, at Lokes Park and um, the slope on the pitch. You know, that's my first memories of Wickham. They were always, always a tough, well-drilled, well-organised side. And um, yeah, I used to enjoy the battles with them and to get the chance to play for for them was was even better.
4: Was it quite tricky to, to, to adjust to the slope or was it something you
5: soon got used to? There was a tactic to it, and I think the thing was, you know, play to the bottom of the slope and then work your way up it. I think Wickham had a had a obviously the edge. They they played to it when we used to play them. It was always, always tough games, but um, nah, you no, know, honestly, when you're out on the pitch, you don't really notice it. I mean, Yeovil had it, Wickham had it, Barnett had it. Even when I was at Brighton, the pitch slope from one end to the other, so it was um, you know, it was there's a few of them around. And when you're
4: on loan, I guess it, you probably probably didn't even imagine, perhaps at that time, that you might be you know returning someday as well.
5: Yeah, look listen it was it was a great experience. I I think I was there for uh, one season and then again the next the next season. And um, the season well, obviously the the season we got promoted, but um both both times were quite late on in the season. And um it was sort of a crucial time for the club. But uh, look listen, I they they made me feel so welcome. It was an incredible experience. So, you know, it was, I'm so glad it happened.
4: And did you feel when you were in it at the time, it felt like a really special, especially obviously the the double winning season and the games that you played in, some of them were so special, that Sutton Cup game?
5: The Sutton game um, was great because I was obviously, um, i made a lot of changes the first game and um, we came unstuck. stuck. I think we lost 3-2 at home. And then we went to Sutton and played on a a sand pit of a pitch and a mud, you know, mud plain of a pitch. But um, we just showed our class. I think we were absolutely fantastic that day.
4: And we've spoken to some of the other players who, who who featured on that day as well. And, you know, something that they say is in the dressing room at halftime, it was so special and that, that you actually believed you were going to win. And obviously that's something that the manager created, but obviously something that's special amongst the, the team as well.
5: The team was always like that. They never went out to, not never doubted each other, never doubted anyone. Everyone trusted each other. It was a great atmosphere, a great team spirit. And, um, yeah, there were some fantastic characters in that dressing room. And what are your memories of the Runcorn game? The final? Or the win winning the league? Well, both, really. Well, wow. all I remember, the, the run call game when we won the league was um, watching Steve Guppy run away from me all the time. Just give him the ball and he'd run the full length of the pitch. I mean, the goal he scored that night was just incredible, wasn't it?
4: No, absolutely. It, it just feels so... Like you say, it's, it's strange to think that was 30 years ago, really.
5: Yeah. And, and, and going back to, the, you know, go to the final, it was... Um, to be. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I I didn't expect to play in that final. You know, even even I know Simon Stapleton was having a a fitness test in the morning. But even if he hadn't have passed, I thought he might still may have stuck. You know, maybe Maddie Crosley at left back and um, brought Anton in at centre back, or, or you know some other even put Keith Ryan at left back and brought someone else in the middle of the park. Because I was on loan, I didn't expect to play. And that's such
4: a nice thing for you, obviously, to to be. You Know needed if you like, if that's the right word.
5: I like to when I went to Wickham, I didn't mess around. I, you know, I worked hard, I trained hard, I wanted to be part of the team. Of course, I wanted to play, but you got to understand, you know, these boys have worked hard all their careers to get to Wembley. And the funny thing was, and I said to John, I was talking to John the other day, that the fact that, um, the year before I was playing for Barnet in the playoff game at um, Blackpool and we won the first leg 1-0 at home and we went to the second leg at, at, at Blackpool. And I remember talking to big David Howard, you know, remember the big Barnett centre-half? Yes, yes. And I remember him, me and him were both in our 30s and we looked at each other and said, look, this is probably the last chance we'll get to get to Wembley. And um, yeah, we ended up losing that game 2-0 so we didn't make it. And, you know, funny enough, the next season we ended up playing for Wickham in the final in the FA Trophy. It's really strange, how especially in football, it's really strange how, how things like that kind of happen and, and work out. Well, just never give in. That's the thing. Always believe, and and it's it's not a cliche. You got to you got to trust yourself. Trust you know. Back yourself. Back your teammates. And uh, it's a game where you've got to believe in yourself because there's nowhere to hide when you're out in the pitch. Everybody has a job to do, and you know everyone's got a job on that pitch. I remember one game. I think we lost the um, we lost at home, Northwich Victoria, and I gave the ball away, and they scored their goal. And, and um, I remember walking in the dressing room after the game and Steve Wolford came up to me and said, um, you better go and apologize to the gaffer, you know, Martin. And I was like, what? He said, no, do yourself a favor, go and apologize. Because he said, why did you, you know, and, and, and that's fine. I went in and knocked on the door and I spoke to Martin and he explained to me and I said, look, Martin, I, I, you know, I should have made a better decision, made a better choice in such a crucial part of the game. And, you know, sometimes I think back, I think maybe that's what got me to the cup final place.
4: Oh, it's a really good story because I think supporters don't get to hear or know things like that. And what was Martin like to, to play under as a manager? Because, again, brilliant to speak to so many players of, of that time and obviously speak so highly of him as a, as a motiv- man motivator as well.
5: Oh, you couldn't have anything but respect sir, for Martin. He was, he's been and done everything in the game. And he deserved respect. He commanded respect and he got it from the players without... Uh, any doubt, he had 100% respect from every one of those players in that dressing room.
4: And overall, how do you look back at your, your time at the club?
5: Oh, look, I wish I'd have been there longer. I wish I'd have, you know, I'd, you know I'd, I'd love to have signed for them while I was in, playing for Bognor. you know what I mean, when they were both non-league. it was always a club that, you know, people want to play for. And um, because of their stature, they're, they've always done well. They've always been a high-profile club, and uh, they've got what they deserve now. Absolutely got what they deserve.
4: And I'm sure you keep an eye out for the for former teams that you play for, but especially, you know, Wickham getting to the, the championship as well, something which you could have never imagined, I guess, at that time. But it, it must have felt at that time so big to have helped the club into the to the, to the football league and to, to be, you know, professional side.
5: Well, it's always lovely to be part of history, you know, part of the club's history. And this is why we're sitting here talking now. And, you know, a lot of players who've done more than I have don't even get this opportunity. You know, they've just been part of a team. But I don't think people understand what we had in the team at that time. And this is why everything's coming back now. You know, the 30 years are celebrated because it's massive. The club, I mean, the days leading up to the... Uh, well, the run called home game to me was, was, was just absolute an experience. It was just incredible. The atmosphere, the, the, the fact that, you know, we win tonight, we win the league. You know, to, that's what people play for. You play 42 games to win a league.
4: And you must find as well that during your career and obviously your time at Wickham and, and even now when you're, you're coaching players as well, that the football seems to you know, be so special. We've spoken to other ex-players as well, but in other kind of careers, you can't imagine like you know, someone getting in touch in 30 years' time. I always often use the example as an accountant, but you know, to say, oh, that was a great spreadsheet you did 30 years ago. But it, it was, it's really nice, isn't it, to have the experiences that you went through in, the, in that dressing room with, with those
5: players. Yeah, this is, that, that's, again, that's the beauty of the job. I've made so many friends. I mean, football has allowed me to come to New Zealand. You know that's 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 the end of it. I mean, it, it brought me here to play football, and um, and I've stayed here. And it's you know it's a perk of what I what I did. It allowed me to see the world. I, I played football after I left Wickham, and I left Bar- went back to Barnet, and after I played for Barnet, I went to Hong Kong and played over there, and I lived there for ten years. So it, it's allowed me to travel because the funny thing about Hong Kong, and this is a an, another story, is that I I was playing professionally in Hong Kong, and we, uh, my contract had finished, and. You know, I was ready to go home and, and I walked into a, a Hong Kong football club. Have you been there? No. Now I walked into a Hong Kong football club and all of a sudden I heard a voice go, coach. And I looked over and it was uh, Martin Lambert. He played for Wickham and he yes. was working out there. And he said, what, what are you going to do? What are you doing when your career's finished? When you've play, finished playing here? And I said, well, I don't know. I might just go back. He said, look, come and work for me and I'm coaching at Hong Kong football club and, I, and, and you can play there. It was only it was part time, but um, and I was in my last thirty six then, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. So I stayed and worked in Hong Kong for ten years. But that's another connection, that's you know. Allow you know that would never have happened if it hadn't have been for football. And do you ever sort of look back and, and reflect and think, you know, uh, perhaps you could have done, but you think this isn't
4: this isn't anything I could have planned really. You couldn't have sat down and go, Oh, well, I'll go to I'll go to Barnett, I'll be really successful. Then I'll go to Bognor Regis, then perhaps Wickham, and then I might go to the Far East, well, listen- maybe even New Zealand.
5: When I when I was playing for Bognor Regis, um and I was there, like I say, for 150 years, it seemed like it. But I, I, um, it's not until after. The, the, you're right. You know, how do you get into the game? And I and I was absolutely. You know, I'm not, not big headed. I was absolutely playing so well at Bognor for so many years, and I thought, what have I got to do? You know, like other players were getting chosen, and all of a sudden, I. Went into, we played a game one night. And my mum was in the, you know, she was waiting for me after the game. And we went into the club rooms and she said, who's that fellow over there? And, I, and it was, um, I can't remember his name now. But she said, he keeps saying, when are you going to Brighton? When are you going to Brighton? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, Barry Lloyd's been after you. So I went over and had a chat with him and he, and he, and he told me that exact story. And so I walked into Jack Pierce that night straight after. And I said, Jack, what's going on? What, what's this about Brighton want me to go there? And he went, Yeah, I didn't think you'd want to go. I went, You're joking, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Well, they're in the third division, they're struggling. And I said, that's not, that's not, doesn't matter. It's professional football. And I said, You know, and I was so mad because how dare somebody try and control somebody's life, make a decision without even consulting them? And I said to him that night, I said, Jack, I'll tell you what, and I've been at Bognor for 10 years or whatever. And I said to Jack, I'll like, tell you what, I'll play for these for you on Saturday because of the boys I do it for out of respect for the boys but after that I will never play for you again <laughs> because I think what you've done is disgusting and I walked out and the next night I played to Brighton Reserves against Millwall
4: <laughs> oh fantastic so it's nice in a way that you know obviously you know things do kind of work out in, in inverted commas but but I guess there's perhaps missed opportunities as well it's strange isn't it like you
5: say that yeah that a manager I spoken to- up it might never have happened you know what I mean so yeah, you've got to take the opportunities. You've got to again believe in your ability because sometimes when I play for Bogdan, and this is not being big headed, and I think you can ask any player, you know, how you come off a game, you think, I'm better than these guys. I'm playing you know, I'm better than this league, I'm playing so much better. What have you got to do? And but you just keep at it. You just gotta keep at it. And that's 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 all I can say to anyone, you know, who wants to be a, a pro sports person. You've got to be dedicated and that's what it takes. And also,
4: football seems so special in the fact that you know you're still in touch with you know ex-teammates today, and that's what's really nice about the ex-player association as well.
5: Yeah, no, it's I, I follow it. I mean, I, I, you know, it comes up on, on my Facebook page and stuff, and, I, and it's great to see you have all these people on. And obviously, there's people there that I've never heard of and don't know that's after my time at Wickham. But you know, again, in 30 years' times, you know, these guys are going to be talking about the FA Cup semi-finals and the promotion to Division One and promotion to the championships. You know, that's that's what the club has achieved is absolutely incredible. And tell us what we find you doing these days. Look, I, I coach part-time and I, and I work for an insurance company. And, and you're enjoying life, hopefully, and you're well. Oh, look, the life here is fantastic. It's, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to New Zealand, but if you haven't, you should. Um, it's it's a stunning, beautiful place. And, you know, it's one of those places, I, you know, I wake up every morning and feel so lucky to be here. Plus the summers like start now and go all the way through to April (laughs) and May, and that's that that helps. (laughs) Yeah, a bit
4: different to November in Wickham. Yeah, well, you don't get a frost here. That's the thing.
5: (laughs) Uh, All I'll ever say to people is that in the summer you wear um, a t-shirt and shorts, and in the winter you wear a jumper and shorts. That's it.
4: (laughs) And obviously, it's nice that you still, as I say, still look out for for how Wickham are doing, and even because I guess it's in a way, it kind of sort of obviously that you're so far away, but it's nice that you've still got that connection as well.
5: Ollie, yeah, I've got it on my phone, but that's the, you know, obviously you can set teams follow you to follow on your um, app on the phone. And yeah, I've always got Wickham, Barnett and um, Portsmouth. <laughs> oh, it's been a real pleasure
4: to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time.
5: Oh, no, that's great. But uh, listen, you, you stay in touch. It's been really lovely. I, I mean, I, I want to say all the best to the boys and have a fantastic evening later in the month and the celebration. No, that would be really nice because obviously, unfortunately, you won't be able to be at
4: at the dinner. But it's so nice to be able to to mark that occasion and for players to come, as you say, to come together again and and just even just sort of reminisce.
5: Yeah, I mean, now I've been in touch, like you say, with yourselves and and join. It'd be nice to um, to come back next year and and attend game. It'd be lovely.
4: No, that'd be fantastic.
5: Yeah, well, listen, good luck to the boys. Good luck to you all. And um, you just keep doing what you're doing because it's an absolute... uh, it's, it's a pleasure to watch what you what you guys are achieving.
1: Big thank you to Jeff and JDT and the X-Players Association, uh, Association even, uh, as always. Uh, Jeff now living in uh, New Zealand as well. So uh, a big thank you to him uh, for making the time out with the time difference. 13 hours, I think, uh, with uh, time difference between here and uh, over in New Zealand. So a big thank you to Jeff uh, for that. As always, if you want to keep up to date with all things Wickham Wanderers X-Players Association, uh, there is a brilliant group on Facebook called Wickham X Players Association as you might have guessed Uh, you can find out all the details and find out uh, what they've got coming up Uh, check that out Uh, time for uh, a chat with a Wickham Wanderers women's player Uh, they're at home to Eastleigh on Sunday uh, and here is Colin talking to this week's player Sarah Davin
6: it's been a new challenge for me I feel like everyone says that um, but it's because I played for Ascot last year I was captain for Ascot that's a club I've been at for seven years and then in the first month we played Ascot Twice, I believe. So, I mean, you can call it luck.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Or or destiny or fate or something.
6: Or destiny or fate or one of them other big words.
4: It's strange, isn't it? What's the process been like for kind of switching? Have you found the two clubs quite similar to, to play for and be amongst?
6: No, extremely different. Different from a club set-up point of view. I moved to Wickham because I'm getting a bit old as well. So the physio enticed me and the medical care there. They've got two training nights, which are ideal for you know playing Sunday, Sunday games because they've got a Tuesday and a Thursday. And, yeah, it, was, it just, it for me, felt like a good foundation for a women's team to build up and go further up in the table.
4: And I understand you knew some of the players from, from years ago.
6: Yeah, I did. So, Bobby Lynch, who's now the captain, I played with her when I was probably about 12 years old, so familiar face, but hadn't played football with her for many, many years.
4: And fantastic as well that you were captain at Ascot, because I guess you can can kind of bring that leadership into into the Wickham team as well.
6: Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's a funny uh, situation to be in, because Ascot are, are definitely going for promotion this year, and we won the Cup last year and came second and all sorts of really positive things that I left from there. So I think it almost raised some eyebrows when I did did leave but for me even playing against Wickham you can tell from the management on the sidelines when you're playing the girls it's a positive club it's a good club and it's a growing club so yeah um, coming in from being in a captain situation to joining another club it was uh, funny because you don't want to step on anyone's toes but I want to also be able to you know help the team but the girls and the management have just encouraged me to you know, be assertive and bring any knowledge that I have to Wickham, which is great.
4: Did you know much about the club previously? Because I know, obviously, you mentioned that the Cup win, the League Cup win, and, and that was uh, knocked Wickham out in the semi-final. So you'd obviously come come up against them before.
6: Yeah, I didn't exactly know much, to be honest. I know the men's team are strong. I like the colour of the kit. And I know they don't play on grass. So that means less <laughs> games for me. But in terms of anything else, not really. I joined quite late in the pre season process because I was injured. But when you know, you know. And I don't make stupid decisions. I, it was a calculated decision. And it's one that I haven't regretted. And I definitely haven't looked back from.
4: It must be really nice to kind of arrive in an environment where you can settle in really well. And because I think last season was a real period of transition for the, for the team. And Carl was bringing in, you know, new players. And, but now it seems like, you know, like a much more settled group.
6: Yeah, they're definitely more settled and I think they're always going to attract now higher ability players even, which I always think is a fantastic thing, although it even puts my head on the chopping block. I think it's great for players to have depth in their squads and competition for places. And then for it not to be an individual game, but like, you know, say you're tuning up or something and the manager takes you off. It's more of a compliment to you, you know, that someone else can finish off your game and you know you can have a bit of a rest and then go again next week against whatever team it might be
4: and quite exciting for you in your position as well because you can really sort of make something happen you know maybe if the team are behind or, or need extra goals
6: yeah i've got bright boots because i'm a winger <laughs> so so i do my bit i do my best i'm not um i'm not winning the races i don't think at the moment but a little bit of uh, trickery and David Beckham Bulls in usually does the trick.
4: And <laughs> what have you noticed are the main sort of strengths of the team, would you say?
6: I'd say in terms of learning from transitioning from a Tuesday and a Thursday night into things that Carl speaks about to prepare us for the weekend, it's soaked up so quickly and without ego or, you know, defensiveness. I think it's it's very rare, especially in the women's game that a male coach or any sort of coaching staff can maybe like point out something that hasn't went well and try try and help you without you taking it the wrong way. And this group of girls, they don't take it the wrong way at all. They literally just want, want to know what they can do better and then they implement it. And I think that's a real strength because you never know what Wickham you're going to come up against. I think Wickham this year were very underestimated at the start of the season which was actually one of the reasons I wanted to join as well because I come from a very like high pressure position to be in where I can't remember the last game I've lost the football to join in Wickham and it was quite nice to walk on a pitch and feel underestimated and then keep doing these shock like surprises or have these shock games to the other team but for me I wasn't shocked at all because I've trained with them and I I know how much work they've put in off season. So it's a totally different Wickham and it's it's just quite nice to be the underdog and just keep, you know, making these shots and these surprises in the league.
4: And you mentioned your age, perhaps which is I say experience, but is it, is it quite nice that that like younger members of the of the first team or indeed the under twenty threes or under eighteens, you know, can, can come to you for sort of perhaps ask questions or tips or, you know, something that you've already been through.
6: Oh, yeah, and I mean, for me, that's funny because I look at some of the girls at Wickham and I think they're just fantastic. So someone did ask me at half-time a question and I almost was taken back. I was like, like, you you know what to do. Like It's fine. Here's what I would do, but I I play quite erratic. So I would do this, this, and this. But, yeah, it is nice that they come for advice and also just, I think, in terms of confidence because that's one thing when you're younger. Like You know, if you make a mistake, you hold on to it and... That can be quite bad for your second half. I think that's really nice that I can be in there and, and be someone that people look up to. And, and if I say it's OK, they sort of trust me that it is.
4: And obviously you're saying you've not played for a bit, but have you, have you noticed you know the real development in your own game as well?
6: Yeah, well, I did a lot of rehab um, and it's, it's something that I didn't do when I was younger and actually it's something that I'm pushing on younger players to take a bit more seriously, especially with the injuries in the women's game at the moment like your strength and conditioning are so important um, and having the time out injured to be able to do that when I came back I was, I was shocked at how good I felt just from playing so I've had a real improvement in terms of you know stamina agility balance all them sort of things from having some really good advice around me
4: and do you sort of set yourself personal and indeed team goals for the for the season there the rest of the season as well
6: Yeah, always. Uh, My personal goal is just to definitely still enjoy football and to put out the best performance that I can do. And actually, luckily, everyone thinks my vest is broken because I keep getting the winning stats on, you know, like them vests you wear when you play. Mm. So it's funny to someone wanted to swap with me to see if my my vest was faulty or (laughs) theirs was faulty. (laughs) I still won. (laughs) But yeah, so my personal goal is to just enjoy football, and play the best that I can play every single game. I take it game by game, personally. And then, as a group goal, I think for Wickham this year, it's probably top three on the table. And so far, they started off with a, with a much better scorecard to go from. And even in terms of the FA Cup, like we, we knocked Ascot out, which was insane.
4: It's really. It does feel like a really good time to be at the club, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, it is a really good time to be at the club. I always like clubs and people and things that I've gone through hard times because it does bring you out with resilience and I think it shows you good balance and I don't think Wickham now are in a position that if something does go wrong they haven't got the the ability to bounce back so I think that's also something that if you have come from hard times you never lose that you never lose that determination like if we go 1-0 down in a game that's not the end of the game like that's the beginning of it so for me I think Wickham and being there at the moment is probably the best time to be there
4: and it's always nice to ask but have you noticed yourself a real increase in interest in in women's football generally but obviously um, Wickham as well
6: oh a billion percent I think obviously Euros were, were the catalyst for that but the women's football I work in schools as well there's girls football popping up everywhere and there's some really really good players and the nice thing is that they have got a lot more support around them And the interest in it, I think I looked at the stats, it is now the leading sport for girls and teenagers in the country. So that's, that's really good in terms of a couple of years, even for our country, of maybe winning the World Cup or something in a couple of years. Well, it's
4: been a real pleasure to speak to you. Wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you so much for your time.
6: Thank
1: you, Colin. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham
4: Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for
2: prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK.
5: Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy
4: together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk.
2: Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives.
1: Last part of this week's Wickham Wanderers show. We're here from Wickham Wanderers manager, Matt Bloomfield, very shortly. Obviously, an exciting week for him. He's extended his contract as manager of Wickham Wanderers. Uh, The chairman, Rob Kuhig, flew back to the United States on Wednesday morning. Uh, Tuesday evening, though, uh, as you may have seen the video on social media after the game, uh, Rob asked uh, Matt if he would like to extend his contract, which, as you would imagine, Matt said yes. Uh, We'll hear his thoughts uh, on that uh, very soon. Uh, It was really nice to actually be in the room when that happened. Um, Matt and his team put a lot of hard work Uh, into the club and it was very nice to see him being rewarded uh, with that extension to uh, his contract. Someone else this week uh, who has signed a new long-term contract uh, to extend his time at Adams Park is Josh Gowan. Uh, The 30-year-old voted uh, the supporters player of the year in each of the past two seasons. He's racked up close to 200 appearances uh, for the Chairboys over two spells as well. Uh, beginning his professional career with the club in 2011. Uh, Matt Bloomfield said this is his club and he's here to stay. If you want to hear uh, an interview with uh, Josh, uh, then check out this week's pre-match reels on Wanderers TV. Uh, we can hear Josh talking about uh, his season so far, but also uh, that extension to his contract as well. But uh, Well done to both uh, Josh and uh, the gaffer for getting his extension or their extensions, I should say, uh, to their contracts. Uh, talking of Matt Bloomfield, uh, here he is talking to Phil at this week's press session.
2: Uh, gaffer, first First and foremost, congratulations. Great news regarding your contract this week.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm honoured and privileged to um, have the opportunity to be manager here. You know how I feel about, about my job and, and my history here. So to be given the opportunity to extend that was an extremely easy decision to take. And I'm, I'm really grateful to Rob to, to give me this chance.
2: It was nice to be there to capture the moment. Obviously, Rob's very shy when it comes to cameras. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, was it a genuine surprise?
0: Yeah, I I kind of um, spoken to him a little bit earlier in the day, and he and he mentioned that um, there may be an opportunity to do so, and I was obviously really pleased that he followed that followed that up on the evening. So, yeah, he's a um, he's a he's a real good man of, of of great integrity, and we've been working really closely for um, the last eight months or so since we've been back, and our relationship's really strong. So, um, the trust that he's shown in me and my staff to to be able to. Um, lead this football club is is um extremely comforting um to, to be able to carry that forward i'm i'm uh, really really pleased
2: across the efl we've seen how brittle the management position is at a football club what does it mean to to get this backing at this stage of your career at wickham
0: yeah it's it's huge you know because i think we've seen um you know with with the gaffer before you know the continuity and the the legacy that he was able to build with having that time um, at, you know to build your squad and to build your way of playing and to evolve and to and to keep moving uh, the club forward Um, so to have that security and have that kind of um, just for the for the players I think as well and for the supporters and for myself to have the backing of the football club uh, is huge because there's so much volatility in in the job um, and there's so much um, demand for success right now um, that you have to try and um, you obviously appease that, and we're after. We're chasing results. We want to be successful, but we're also trying to to build our identity. So um, to have both camps um, happy in terms of what you're trying to do is is, is the balance you're trying to strike. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really really pleased, and we feel settled here. We feel really strongly and passionately about the the, the football club and what we're trying to do. Um, the, the players, I think that you know, I have to say a massive thank you to to the boys as well, because since we've been back, the the application, the effort they've been putting in every single moment of the day is has been great. So for me, it's just a huge thank you. For, firstly, to Rob and and the lads, but the supporters as well. Because um, you know, after Gaz leaving, it was it was tough. Um, but we've been building um, slowly and, and securely over the summer, and we we're, we're hopeful that we can keep moving forward.
2: It's been a very busy period in the league, uh, FA Cup. Uh, although it's a long journey, but distraction is probably not the right word but a different competition does it change the focus
0: um yeah maybe slightly because um you know it's, it's exciting isn't it the fa cup you just have to mention it and everyone smiles it's uh, it's obviously the most incredible competition and i was one i was really fortunate to have a couple of nice memories from as a player um so yeah i'd really like to create some more memories for the supporters um, moving forward um you know a really successful league season builds memories but so do cup runs so um, first and foremost, we, we need the boys to recover well from the other night and we need to make sure we're prepared and, and ready to go on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a real tough game against Bradford, who, um, you know, we've had quite a lot of change here over the last few months and they're in their own little sort of change uh, this moment as well. So, yeah, it's exciting and uh, we're looking forward to going up there and trying to play as well as we can.
2: Bradford aren't in our division. Uh, you know, we talked about the volatility of football management. They're in, a, in, a, in limbo at the moment in terms of a permanent manager and have even just changed their interim manager as well which I guess provides a lot of, uh, of different changes and challenges to prepare.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen it already this year when we went to Charlton, just changed their manager, Fleetwood just changed their manager and we've seen it again on Saturday We've just changing the interim manager. It's it's going to create the same um, questions in our minds about you know how much can we prepare from the games that have been and gone and, and how much is that going to change. But... We've certainly studied them the best we possibly can. We know about their individuals within within the shape that they've been playing. So we'll prepare for that. And if there's something different than comes, then it comes. And we have to be ready to adapt. That's all part of the game. So, um, you know, my belief as well is about us being the best we can possibly be on the day. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly a sign of the times. I think the volatility of the job and, and the game in general is, is at an all time high. But um, we can only concentrate on ourselves and be the best we can be and hope that. Um, if we do that, we can keep building towards a, a, a bright future. Football's cyclical. We haven't
2: won a FA Cup first round tie. I think it goes back to 2017. Uh,
0: so you could say the football gods may look at us thinking we you a cup run. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. So hadn't <laughs> studied our form in the competition. It's, um, you know, it's, it is an exciting time. If you can get a cup run, it, it's great. It's, it, it's memories that supporters will always remember. Um, it's players... For, it's memories that players will always remember if you go on a good cup run. You know, we've obviously been a few years since we've won in the first first round, so um, we know we're in for a tough afternoon going to Bradford. Um, you know, a real historic club, a uh, big round, and um, they've got a good competitive squad there. But um, we have to be confident in what we're doing and, and look forward to performing and if we can. Then, then we believe we can win. And finally, the most British of com- topics of
2: conversation. The weather. <laughs> we, we talk on the Thursday, it has been blowing a girl, it has been chucking it down with rain. The other challenges of, of training, I guess, and yeah, management. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So we had to some last minute adjustments today. We were unable to get out on the training ground. So we, we went and found a, a, a 3G surface to go and train on. Some of the boys had to recover. Um, so we we're doing the same tomorrow, possibly training down at the stadium, I think, which gives us a, an incredible surface to train on before we, we make the journey north. So we're going to train early, get on the road, um, the weather gives another challenge, but it's all part of the fun. Well, see you in Bradford. See you out right there. Top man. Cheers, yeah, mate. Man.
1: Phil talking to Wickham Wanderers manager Matt Bloomfield at this week's press session. You can hear the full interview on this week's Pre-Match Drills, uh, which also features uh, Phil uh, recreating Jack Jackanory in an FA Cup style. Make sure you check that out. Uh, a couple of things, uh, other things to mention, uh, that being that uh, this week's coverage uh, of the game is audio only because of FA Cup rules. Uh, so no visuals on Wanderers TV. You can, of course, listen to it on Wanderers TV uh, and, of course, here on Wickham Sound with coverage starting uh, from o'clock. O'clock this, uh, sorry, this afternoon, not this afternoon, uh, unless you're listening to this on Saturday when it is two o'clock. Uh, no from two o'clock on Saturday. Luke Cashman will be with you Uh, from two with Build Up with Phil. So you uh, check out the Wicked Wanderers website for details on that. Uh, The other thing to mention is uh, uh, replacement replica shirts are now in the store as well, uh, which uh, have been, uh, if you have previously purchased faulty shirts, uh, then you can start getting them from the shop when it is open. If uh, fans that have uh, ordered them online and done the replacements online as well, you will be sent them out as well. Uh, You can find out all the details from the Wicked Wanderers website as well, www.fc.com. Uh, and it is open uh, actually the shop is open uh, between 10am and 3pm during the week and on home match days as well and as I said any shirts which have been returned to the club's fulfillment partner Mission to Patch uh, Dispatch even will have their replacement ships to them in the coming days again all the details for that Uh, on the Wickham Wanderers website uh, now as you may have heard uh, on uh, whenever the 31st was Tuesday uh, it was Wickham Sound's 7th birthday hurrah excitement Uh, however coming up is Wickham Sound's 10th anniversary Anniversary, uh, since we started broadcasting uh, back in 2013, uh, 87.9 FM is where we were originally. Then, seven years ago, uh, we jumped to 106.6 FM after three successful pilots. Uh, we were very excited to announce on Tuesday that we will be celebrating our 10th celebrations at Adams Park. The club have uh, dedicated the game uh, to Wickham Sound. We are very, very grateful for all of their support uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, that goes for the club, the trust, the X-Plays Association, uh, Wickham Wanderers Women, and the Foundation. Every part of the club uh, has supported us over the last 10 years. So we are thrilled uh, to be able to celebrate uh, 10 years of Wickham Sound. I don't know how it is 10 years, but it is 10 years uh, on the 9th of December. Uh, we'll have more details about it uh, approaching uh, the 9th of December and how you can get involved uh, with the, uh, the the celebrations uh, of 10 years. And a big thank you to uh, all the Chair Voice fans uh, who have supported us in that time as well. Uh, fun fact for you. We love a stat on this show and Wiccan Wanderers uh, social media. Uh, Matt Ingram was the first uh, member of the Chairboys team, obviously back then, uh, to uh, join Phil and myself on pole position drive time, as it was then, uh, back in 2013. Uh, The first official member of the club uh, from the director's side uh, was a man called Matt Cecil. Whatever happened to him, hey? Uh, So, yeah, more details on our 10th celebrations at Adams Park on the 9th of December as we get close to it. That is it for this week's Wicker Wonders show. Uh, a big thank you, as always, to uh, JDT, the X-Players Association, uh, and uh, also to Wicker Wonders Women as well for their support. Uh, a big thank you to Jeff Cooper and to Sarah Davin for their interviews with Colin. Uh, he will be back next week, Mr. Besley. Probably, I said that last week. He might be. You never know. You got me again uh, with bits of Colin. Uh, have a great rest of your week. If you're heading to Sat, uh, heading on, heading on Saturday to Bradford in the first round of the FA Cup, uh, then be safe, enjoy it, uh, and come on, you Blues!